Alright, I'm recording now. I think. I feel like I would love to put a Fitbit on you for game two. <laughs> Spike a water bottle at Terry Stotts. Right. Like he did in game Dude. five. He always does the sexy music. <laughs> a Tory Craig Revenge game. Right? And Baku is not Sanity. He is not 5'10. Yeah, he's nowhere near 5'10. Uh, Alright, well, um. Alright, welcome to the Hard Pick Mining Company with your Denver Five. That's how you win a first round playoff series with no music to lead in. Woohoo! What's up, boys? How are we feeling? The winning against the Portland Trailblazers. Six games, the Nuggets just pulling it out. Uh, big time game, uh, six game against uh, the Trailblazers in Portland. Uh, Jokic came to play. Bush, how are you feeling after that? Obviously, I'm feeling amazing. Uh, that, w- that game was fantastic in every way. Jokic came through again, as he does. Uh, it's the recurring theme of every playoff series that he's been in. I love the fact that he's never lost in the first round. That's my new favorite Nuggets stat. So, yeah, man, feeling great. Can't wait for the Suns. And can't Bush, believe we're how like long did it take for you to get out of the field position in game six? Was it like <laughs> midway through the fourth quarter? Was oh, it see, like halftime when you were like, we could not play any worse and are only down a little bit? Seaver knows I was just pacing my living room <laughs> the entire second half, basically, and then just fist, air fist pumping and uh, fake yelling so I didn't wake up Charlie uh, on every big shot that was made. So I was fully engaged, Andrew. I feel like I would love to put a Fitbit on you for game two. I feel like game (laughs) one, you're going to be like, well, it's a long series. We never win the first game. But game two, we're going to put a Fitbit on you and really uh, see if it's over or under on about a mile. I should. I should should just get on the uh, Peloton and watch and just see what I can do there. It could be, you know, the best workout I've ever had in my entire life. So I thought this was interesting. Uh, I sent this to you guys uh, in our, our text message. Uh, but Doug Strauss, who's the uh, statistician for Kroenke, one of the stats that he had was this is the fourth series uh, that the Nuggets have won in the last season, uh, last three seasons. And we've only won four total in the previous 32 years. So the fact <laughs> that in the last three years, this is the greatest run that the Nuggets have basically ever seen in their uh, existence. I mean, it's it's kind of nuts. And for con- and I mean, all of us on this podcast are 35 years old. That is literally our entire life. Like I, and this is why I got picked on in middle school because I was a diehard Nuggets fan and we almost set a record for most amount of losses ever, right? But we've stuck with it. And now we're reaping all of those beautiful benefits. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. That's the reason you got picked on in middle school? Uh, was you a Nuggets fan? That was the only reason. That's what okay. my mom All said. Right. Good, good. Well, hey, Debbie knows. Exactly. Well, Seber, uh, uh, out of the series, uh, who do you think you feel like is the guy that surprised you the most? Oh, surprised. I, well, I, when you, I was at the game, uh, game five, and at one point looking at who was playing on the floor for us, it was a bunch of second rounders, a bunch of undrafted guys, a bunch of guys that we gave 10-day contracts to or two-way contracts to. 
so I, you know, I guess surprise. I want to say Marcus Howard, given his shooting efficiency, but like honestly, like Austin Rivers, I think has to be the one that's the most surprising to me. He, he played for us for decent stretch in the back half of uh, the year. He actually played the most minutes against the Trailblazers out of any guard for the Nuggets the whole season prior to the playoffs, which was just absolutely nuts because we played them like at the tail end of the year and he logged the most minutes. But the amount of minutes he played, I mean, I think he was our leading minute getter last game and he didn't play for us until we, uh, you know, had a ton of guard trouble. So I'd say that's probably the most surprising is, is just Austin Rivers and how much he's contributing to the team right now. When he creates just such a like mean um, streak for us, where, where we don't have that kind of tough guy who's gonna, you know, talk to the bench, uh, talk to the other team, spike a water bottle at Terry Stotts, right? Like he did in Game Dude, Five. Like the I don't know how he got teed up for it. that. The refs but, yeah. didn't see it. Yeah, they were like I was watching the refs while he did that, and they just didn't see it. The guy sitting next to me didn't see it, and I was like, yeah. "You have," and it was a four point play because oh. if they get the technical. Right, two in the ball, but instead, a second after he hit that cup, like he gets a foul called for him and gets two free throws. It was like, I have to say, I think the refs were generally, like, if I had to put it percentage wise, like very much in the Nuggets' favor over Portland for that series, which I know normally, like, for the whole fans, series. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 think I, I think at least the last the two last games, game, but yeah, I agree, but I, I thought know, game five as well. Yeah, I mean, he's really good, he's gonna get. He was amazing. He was amazing. And yeah. now they're like talking, you know, are they going to have to blow it up? This We won't spend a lot of time on Blazers because we're far from uh, Blazers experts. But God, I hope Nurkic stays on that team. I know. All right, I got two statements real quick about the series. One. Oh. One. Get ready. I was wrong. I said it. I said it. I was wrong. I will, the matchup. It was the matchup we wanted, responsibility. Andrew. It was the matchup. You guys said that, and I said I would rather have Dallas, who looks like they may take out the Clippers here. I'm and, I mean, I well. thought those bigs were going to at least, like, not stop Jokic, but, like, be more of an impact on offense. And Did they you not hear Bush in the Woods from the and, last hey, one? Hey, I'm owning it. Second, if you throw out – and I might actually go for a third. But second, <laughs> if you throw out Jokic as the MVP, just say he's not a factor because he's clearly the MVP, the MVP of that series, which you guys don't give enough credit to, Michael Malone. Michael Malone made that adjustment at the end of game six to put in Je- or Michael Green instead of yeah. MPJ. So he went big, which was like very valuable for like more big defensive <laughs> presence. Did he shit the bed a little bit in game five on not fouling Dame multiple yeah, times? Yes. The but we won that one. And, like, I've been screaming that Marcus Howard was not going to be in the NBA. We lost you after Marcus Howard. is. But I think all of us didn't feel like Marcus Howard was an NBA-type player. And he we, we were proved wrong. I mean, he, he had some really get, quality minutes. And he does this, um, Malone does this sometimes, right? Like he left Dozier in last year in the playoffs. Like I thought kind of too long and then that game it didn't work out. But like I think he looked at the matchups and was like, listen, our second unit has not been scoring. I'm not afraid of Portland's second unit offense. So why don't we put two guys in who are under six foot? And Marcus Howard has to be like listed above six foot, right? Because like why is nobody talking about two guys – 
being under six foot playing at the same time. Crazy. All right. Third. Wait, I'm going to go for it because you guys. Marcus Howard is listed as 5'10". Sorry, I wanted to look that up for you. That's crazy, right? And Faku is not 6'10". Insanity. He is not 5'10". Yeah, he's nowhere near 5'10". I'm 5'10". Don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) Also, the craziest part, too, is like, okay, Jokic was phenomenal. And obviously, like, game six, that first half, MPJ starting off so hot. But we really had a different guy step up to be the X factor every time. Like MPJ was generally solid ish. Right. But like Austin rivers definitely won us a game. Monte Morris definitely won us a game. And I, I might say game six, like MPJ won us that game because Jokic was so MIA in the first half that if we're blown out in the first half, like we're not coming back, but he had 22 points in that first quarter, which is also hilarious that Jokic had 21 points in the third quarter and you could just sweep that under the rug because it didn't look like it was so much effort, but MPJ with like six three-pointers, I think, in that first yeah, quarter was, like was throwing like such an throwers. impact. Yeah. And then Jokic just, you know, kind of I can't remember game two. Who was 21. the big game two guy? Aaron Gordon probably could have had an impact in game six too. Yeah, outside of Jokic. I, I agree, Andrew. I mean... I think overall it was a good series for Malone. I'm always, you know, more of a Malone critic than others. So I feel like I got to take an L on that one a little bit. Because uh, I, I do think he did pretty he did a pretty good job coaching and making some adjustments, I, especially in game six. Like, that was one of the best playoff games the Nuggets have played. Like, our past game sevens, right, have been just grind them out, you know, who knows who's going to make a shot and just ugly as game sevens tend to be that game six, especially the way that they closed and kind of kept everybody in it. That was really impressive. And, you know, finally going to that bigger lineup was just a game changer. And clearly the, the trailblazers ran out of gas. So I I'll be real curious to see kind of what are the, what we do going into uh, against the Suns, I know we're probably going to talk about it later, but what are the lineups that we're going to see? What are the rotations that we're going to see? Because in a lot of ways, it feels like the Suns, you know, they're going to do a lot of the same things that the Trailblazers did, run a lot of pick and rolls, try and get mismatches, try and get Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and exploit him on defense. So what are we going to do? And is there did what did we learn from the Trailblazers series? Because I do think that these teams can quickly – use that experience to their advantage and the nuggets if there's anything we know they're just not going to give up they're never going to um you know it's not going to be a blowout let's put it that way i have no doubt in my mind that they're going to show up for this next series whether or not they win who knows but i still believe you know believe in in Jokic and the whole team that they're at least going to go down fighting and, and that's why they're so fun to root for Oh yeah, well, they they don't quit. It's it's one of those where you you watch amazing. them like they were down what like fourteen fifteen in 14 game six, going into right? The fourth, yeah. And going and and just manhandling the Blazers the whole way through that fourth quarter. And I think last year's experience in the bubble probably helped. The the year before, you know, two game sevens, a lot of playoff experience and knowing that like, hey, we've got to trust each other. And you know, kind I think of. it's cult culture 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 a lot with this right like that these guys are like hey we can do this like like yeah especially at the top and you know and i felt like that was where you could really see the benefits that monte has gained from his playoff mm-hmm. time right 100 percent. he stepped up 
after you know not having a great start to the game in game six but the last couple games he really stepped up and he just looked comfortable out there in a way that a lot of the you know at other times we've had role players in previous playoff series just not be comfortable and he just looked like oh i've been here before i can do this and honestly that was his first good playoff series he has never played well in a playoff series as a denver nugget and so this was really like his time to shine right like you know you say we had like more veteran experience which is really not true with the team that we have i mean they have experience but in like very different facets right like faku has experience in a european league right like austin rivers has some playoff experience but no team even wanted him we picked him up mpj this is essentially his first full big season aaron gordon i I think made the playoff once with orlando so like obviously Jokic and malone was really our foundation Millisap didn't get a lot of minutes so it's really a pretty fresh team to the playoffs but it just has to go to show you just how incredible Jokic is yeah um as a literally just plug four guys in like denver five right like we're showing up to play with Jokic, <laughs> and second round here we come put you at the point andrew <laughs> uh no i mean he's he's amazing in the playoffs and uh, i don't know uh, bush i think you're going to talk about this a little bit later but i mean the guy is absolutely historic I, I mean the things that he's able to do in the playoffs is just amazing and what he's been able to do in this series I mean, they let him and wanted him to be a scorer and not necessarily a distributor, and he destroyed him. I, I mean, it was one of the biggest mistakes uh, they could have made is they tried to put a couple of big guys on him that couldn't guard him. I mean, Nurkic, you got to give him credit. Like, he, he did okay against him, but he couldn't guard Jokic and not get in foul trouble. That was his biggest problem. And then once he's out, they literally have no one as a backup. I mean, they had Carmelo Anthony yeah, uh, guarding him at one say. point in time. <laughs> And I think as Nuggets fan, we've all seen that show <laughs> and how well that's going to go. Uh, Robert Covington, I mean, he's he's an undersized guy. Uh, Enos Cantor is just a terrible defender. I, I mean, they were just throwing everything they had at him, and they couldn't uh, do much. And then Jokic was uh, doing a pretty good job on, on defense uh, for them. I mean, they were putting him in the pick and roll on a regular basis, and he was uh, doing a decent job defending him. So, I, I mean, hats off to the MVP. Absolutely. And it's amazing. I'm happy you brought up his defense because how far he's come in able to at least contest on those pick and rolls, be in the right position, get his hands in the passing lanes. Like compared to, you know, three, four years ago when every time he was put in the pick and roll, it was just a bucket and it was usually them just driving um, to the hoop. At least they, you know, they've clearly figured out he just needs to jump up on the level on the pick and roll and you know he can't ever play in that drop coverage where he backs off but it just shows the how you know much he's worked on his game and and what kind of shape he's in now because he was he wasn't you know he was doing his best to 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 be guarding uh dame at like 35 feet and the old Jokic never could have done something like that so no, it, well, it, it, it's funny you say like the way that he's improved. I think part of it too is like knowing and reading situations. Like having seen it live at Game Five, he had a couple great plays where he just had fast hands. Like he wasn't blocking shots, but he was stripping the ball before the guy could come up, right? And it was just enough to disrupt and enough to get his hand out there that made somebody think twice. And you know, he's still seven feet tall and weighs 250 plus pounds. So if he just stands in the way, there's some value 
to that too, right? But like he made some really, really great plays and he got asked to do a lot defensively, I feel like this series. Like way more than you probably realize. Like he was hustling on both sides of the ball all series long. Well, he's probably why he looks so tired, right? In a lot of those fourth quarters. And I find it interesting and I wonder if they'll mess with his minutes at all with the Suns. I kind of doubt it just because, you know, it's still Mike Malone and we tend to just kind of do the same things and not shake it up when things are working. But that first quarter when he got the two early fouls, he went out with like, I don't know, six minutes or so. And he sat that whole six minutes and he had so much more energy in the second half of that game compared to the rest of the series. And I wonder, okay, could you maybe run the offense through MPJ during the first quarter instead of running Jokic the whole 12 minutes and just kind of, try to save Jokic a little bit more for the second half. I don't know if that's just trying to be too cute with it or not, and maybe you just get yourself into a hole if the offense isn't clicking or MPJ isn't going off like he is, but or like he was, rather. But I, I do just wonder if there's a way to switch up the minutes and potentially have a better kick there at the end, a closing kick like we saw in game six. Mm-hmm. And, and he hit that big... And I was like, I mean, that was the legs thing. We, we lost you there, Andrew. Your technical, Sorry. technical difficulties here. Yeah. Uh, well, so, Bush, the, the staggering of the minutes is an interesting thought. Like, I, you know, in the MPG, obviously catching fire in the first quarter is extremely helpful when Jokic sits. Um, I got to say, uh, hats off to MPJ. I feel like his uh, demeanor this series and, you know, I, in in some ways good and bad but i think like when he's at the end of the game and giving post game interviews he sounds like somebody who like has got 10 more years worth of experience than yeah, he really does so like it's you know they didn't get me the ball i didn't touch the ball to this year it's like Jermichael green needed to play and i didn't you know um yeah. you know there's the the comments that he's saying is like he's maybe so much more um self like reflecting and realizing like what's going on around him to realize like, Hey, I can take a step back here. I need a push here. And so that first quarter probably gives him a real good thought of like, look, if we can get me going and you can get Jokic to sit, then, Hey, there we go. We buy some minutes. Like Jokic had under 40 minutes played in game six. Right. And which is kind of shocking for a playoff game. And look at how efficient he was. He would score like 36 points in 36 minutes or something crazy like that. But like, that's the reality of how they're probably going to have to get through this Sun Series, you know, survive DeAndre a little bit and then let Jokic go at the back end because who else do they have? They're not going to put Frank Kaminsky on the Nikola tank, Jokic. Baby. It's not going to work. I, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's it's kind of amazing to see what he's doing. He's he's averaging 35 minutes per game, uh, which which is pretty high, uh, and he's, he's scoring efficiently. Uh, he's he's distributing uh, even when he's not necessarily in the play. Uh, the other team is uh, constantly paying attention to him, and so he's freeing things up for our other guys. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing to see what he's doing. And then Michael Porter, like you were saying, Seber, uh, the guy, he's gotten a little streaky uh, a little bit, which I, I'm not a huge fan of because, uh, you know, we just look at game six, and he had that huge first quarter, and they disappear the rest of the game. Uh, so that that's a little disappointing to see, but if he can kind of even that out a little bit better and, and even do that throughout the game, 
I mean, that would be awesome to see. One of the things I did want to say is, so the national media has been saying after the last game that uh, Dame uh, looked tired, looked gassed, couldn't finish it at the end, and that, uh, you know, Jokic outplayed him. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's exactly what he did. Dame played 40 minutes a game. Jokic played 35 minutes a game. And you're telling me a guy who's seven foot, you know, 260, 270, uh, is somehow going to be less tired than a small guy like Dame Lillard? Go fuck off. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. (laughs) That annoyed me. (laughs) All right. Well, let's take a break here uh, on that note and uh, hear a commercial from our presenting sponsor, the Abrams Momentum Group. You oh, the thought whole, that the whole, oh yeah oh, sorry yeah. Okay. I, I was waiting for like music to i'll just talk over the music all right i like this you know what this song is perfect for the abrams momentum group because at amg it's all about partnership and relationships i got to go to game one because of lifetime windows i got to go to game five because of the thayer group in that castle rock real estate and that's what it's about networking passing and teamwork which the nuggets have and so does amg so hit us up, follow us on Instagram, AMGRE, and keep up with the Nugs. Ooh, all right. Well, thank you to the Abrams Momentum Group, and uh, appreciate that quick humble brag from uh, that group. All right, so we've got Bush in the Woods, and I'm excited about this one because it's all about our man. Bush, are you going to talk about the ab scoring to tie it up real fast? <laughs> Dude, I've been watching it in the background, Super, and it's so hard not to comment because I can see it better than you can. <laughs> oh, I've got it on the other TV Perhaps over I here. I can't see oh, anything okay. on that, but even if I could, I would have no idea what's going on on the hockey ice rink. Anyways, so uh, Bush in the Woods this week is all about Mr. MVP, Nikola Jokic. And focusing in on his so far stellar playoff career and kind of the uh, company that he he's living in right now, which is uh, pretty phenomenal. So uh, went on stathead.com and now is spending $8 a month for this, <laughs> this website, but I'm really excited about it because I'm figuring it out. And anyway, so Jokic, through 39 career playoff games, is averaging... 26 points. Uh, he is averaging, where did you go? Six and a half assists. And I had his rebound somewhere. And I think it's 11. 11 rebounds. Thank you very much. There it is. 11.1 rebounds. Okay. So he's 26, 11, round up, and seven. So he has had 39 playoff games. So I searched through all of NBA history to look for who else has had uh, 25 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, and I actually left out assists, and you'll see why in a second. Because if you do anything with assists, Jokic is the only guy on the list. So what are we looking at? We're looking at 20, uh, 25 points per game, um, 10 rebounds per game, in a minimum of 30 playoff games. So on this list, you have uh, Anthony Davis, eight-time All-Star, future Hall of Famer. Uh, you have Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Hall of Famer. You have Akeem Olajuwon, who's a Hall of Famer. And you have Bob Pettit, who's a Hall of Hall of Famer. So I think that is a pretty phenomenal list to be a part of through uh, his first 39 games. And I think basically the takeaway here is Jokic is 
going to be a Hall of Famer someday. And by far and away, in my opinion, he's already the best nugget that there's ever been. So uh, last point here is if you do anything, say you look at just three three assists per game or higher, um, the the list dwindles down to Hakeem and Elgin Baylor and Jokic. So, I mean, that's pretty damn good company to be part of. So uh, unbelievable start to Nicole's uh, playoff career here. And I think that... Based on what we saw last series, he's just going to keep it rolling, and who knows where he ends up here. But um, it's it's a phenomenal sight to watch every time he's on the court, and I just love the way that he orchestrates everything that we do, and it's all about him, um, even though he doesn't make anything about him. So that's so, the bush in the woods, man. So, Bush, I want to add one more thing to that because uh, awesome. I, I saw those stats earlier. Oh, uh, damn. And, uh, and then they're phenomenal. I mean, it, it's – it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, um, uh, playoff runs you know that have been seen based on those stats. Uh, is that his percentages on shooting? He's shooting 52, 42, 85 on field goals, threes, and free throws, which is insane. When we, we, you know people talk about the 50, 40, 90 club in, in terms of 50 percent, 40 percent, 90 percent shooting from uh, the field, and he's basically doing that in the playoffs at a rate that very few players um, have ever been able to do. As uh, a so. seven-footer, too, right? Like, he's footer. listed as 6'11", but it's bad luck to call yourself seven-foot, and he's definitely, like, a legit seven-foot. It's incredible, right? Like, it would be in- it's incredible for Steph Curry to do that, and Jokic is doing that and having such an impact. I love him. I love him. Well, a- Andrew, let's just look at um, who's ahead of him in points per game uh, averaged in the, in the postseason. Uh, he's number 11th all time uh, right now at that 26 mark, just at points alone, not even counting the rebounds or the assists or the efficiency that he's doing it. And the players ahead of him are Jordan, Iverson, Durant, Jerry West, LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, Elgin Baylor, George Gervin, and Steph Curry. Uh, I can't believe Anthony Davis is on that. Is that a weird side note? Because he's the only one that surprises me. Everyone else, I'm like, yeah. Not Donovan Mitchell. That really was the one that well, Donovan Mitchell's a small sample size, and he had some big yeah. big games. So that, yeah. that's a little bit of an outlier. Well, I know. I Honestly, Andrew, like Anthony Davis actually has a higher career true shooting percentage in the playoffs than Jokic. He's the only guy, um, you know, on this I guess short he's list just, that continues to – kind of be up there with Jokic. I, I agree with you, though. It is surprising to me. Um, I don't think of him that way, but maybe it's just because he's... Yeah, it's also because he didn't now. get his teams to the playoffs. Right? Exactly. Like, I'm curious. He was on New Orleans, right? Playoffs. Like, how many times... Right, like, when did they get to the playoffs? I'm, it's worth... We'll look it up for next week. So, stay tuned <laughs> for next week. But, because I bet it's not much. And then I bet, oh, yeah, when you get teamed up with LeBron, all of a sudden you shoot a lot better, especially when you should have been, like, the best player in the league for years. So, not to just randomly bash on Anthony Davis, but it was pretty easy to do. So Well, and, and uh, uh, Jokic also has uh, the random uh, fact of, uh, kicking uh, two NBA coaches uh, out of the off of their teams uh, after losses in the playoffs uh, last year, uh, Doc Rivers with the Clippers, and just now uh, Terry Stotts uh, with the Trailblazers. I'm not shocked. Which yeah, oh, not really. shocked at Breaking all. news. We we did talk at the beginning of this that Terry Stotts has the worst like either winning percentage or some like coaches a playoff that he has he's terrible at adjustments 
and Malone outcoached him, and now he's the first guy to go, then probably Nurkic, then CJ, and then we'll face Dame again next year. <laughs> so I got one other stat uh, that kind of, you know, to me, crystallizes just how consistent Jokic is. So he's scored at least 15 points in 38 straight playoff games. So he's only played 39. So I guess that first game, go back and look, he probably doesn't have 15 points. But if you look at all-time Nugget history, he's the leader of, you know, 15 points or more in playoff games um, compared to everybody else in Nuggets history. Like, Melo was in, like, the 20s. Um, but I just think it's amazing. Like, it's every game you know you're going to get at least, you know, you're going to get something out of him, and he's just going to show up. So, obviously, what was the game four where we got blown out? I think he only had 16 points. But it's just his consistency is what I think is almost underrated out there now because every game he just brings it. So a lot of, uh, a lot of fun Nikola Jokic stats that we can uncover. I, I, I mean, it's <laughs> – We've watched him all year, and it's like he's turned it, he turns it up a notch in the playoffs uh, every single time. And putting it in context of all these other players and the type of season he's had, and the type of season he's had for the last couple of years now, um, you know, he's just kind of peaking or, or what we know is the new peak right now. And it's hard to watch this and not think that, you know, this is, you know, one of the greatest nuggets that I'll ever play. I mean, it's it's awesome to be kind of alive right now and being able to watch this team. Yeah, be right in the middle of it. And yeah. Every time he attention. misses, it's disappointing. I was, right? I was like, just going to say, it's like I think he's going to make every single shot he ever takes. <laughs> I mean, when you shoot fifty percent, like you, that's exactly what you think. I mean, it's one out of two, but it's like every time it looks good. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that was Bush in the Woods. So the Nuggets uh, play Phoenix now uh, in round two of the playoffs. Uh, we start on Monday uh, in Phoenix. Uh, it's a late, late 8 p.m. game again. Uh, we seem to keep getting these no terrible respect. time slots. No respect. <laughs> but uh, we played the Phoenix earlier this year a couple times. We won the season series. Uh, but it was obviously obviously very early uh, in terms of the, the season. I think it was in the first two or three months of the year. Uh, so completely different teams uh, on both sides. Uh, but I, I don't know, Andrew, how, how are you feeling about this? And what do you think the matchup is to look for? I am feeling absolutely pumped about this. There are so many matches, matchups, like truly great matchups, like almost at every position, right? Like Faku is just such a piss on. And so is Chris Paul, right? Like, so they will completely be going at each other. Obviously, like you expect Monte to close out the game. So that'll be really fun. I think Austin Rivers guarding Booker will be really interesting to see. And then if Barton or Dozier come back, because I, I think you need to put some size on him. Um, MPJ, instead of, I forget whatever the guy's name is on Phoenix that's starting, who I don't care and is irrelevant, I'm real curious <laughs> if they bring in Tory Craig off the bench oh, to guard MPJ oh, at all. And Torrey if Craig that revenge game. Oh, Tory Craig revenge game. That was a very Rex-like statement there, Bush. Um, so that'll be kind of fascinating to see. I mean, Aaron Gordon is just bigger than um, Jay Crowder. And so, like, I think he can cut and get a whole bunch of those layups. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay Crowder was actually guarding MPJ most of the time. But he's still not that tall, so I think MPJ can elevate. And then, obviously, like, DeAndre Aiden is, I think, a really good remember just one game um, from the series with Phoenix this year. I 
It's always right as you scored a lot of along. points too, and so man, this is tough. It's tough out there. Did you get the DeAndre Ayton uh, Jokic no. matchup? Say no. it again. Yeah. But, but you heard me ask, so that's good. Um, so in the series, like I remember one of the games where Jokic and DeAndre Ayton played each other, and Jokic completely manhandled him. But Aiden did score a lot of points. And so, I mean, obviously, like anytime you look at our star versus a rising star, that'll be the big matchup. But, I mean, if we can get him in foul trouble, Phoenix has no bench to guard that. And so I think it's definitely going to be a can we get Aiden in foul trouble series and can we, like, hold uh, Booker, who will I think the Nuggets match up better against than Dame because it's more, he's better more with his size than he is with his speed. And we always struggle with guys who are good with their speed, which was Dame, which is why he went off in the series. Andrew, would you move Monte into the starting lineup and move Faku to the bench? I would not. I I would still try to get Monte those 35 minutes, but I just, I like the intensity that Faku brings off the bench. I like that he kind of like has some fire under him, hustle, and just really rubs the other team starters the wrong way and especially a guy like chris paul like you push him to his left i remember dante jones just terrorizing chris paul and so you know we'll we'll see i also remember right i also remember chris paul just completely manhandling faku because he just has that control but it just doesn't matter like Faku is like one of those guys that should only be a value add and is normally not too much of a detriment. He hasn't been doing his fancy passes as much because like you just can't have those turnovers. So I would I would keep things the same, but obviously like close out games with Monte. So it sounds like Will Barton probably comes back and Dozier doesn't, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll be curious to see when Barton is back, but – I'm assuming if he does come back, he'll be probably on a minutes restriction, right? Like, hard to imagine they just say, okay, well, you're you're back in the starting lineup. So what do you guys think? He takes the, the Howard minutes in, I don't know, 20 minutes a game, something like that? Yeah, Howard was averaging 15 minutes a game uh, the last series. So I could see Barton filling that role. Um, what he was also, Millsap? Do you have the minutes up? What, what yeah, Millsap, Millsap was only 13. Uh, minutes a game and, and it was kind of uh, if you're I don't have the breakdown here but if you're watching it it wasn't every game I, I mean there were games you know where he would play six decent minutes and there were games where he was playing nothing basically he's unfortunately uh, looks like he's getting old um, which is sad to see but it <laughs> really like be... he's been old <laughs> he's I still love age. him like he came in with some fire I <laughs> he did I, don't, I can't remember game three He'll or four people but around really yeah. had a big impact like that's the thing we have enough guys that completely have the skill set to have those like small bursts that just make a big enough difference and i think our bench and our depth is so much better than phoenix that like it, we kind of put it together for the playoffs i think because mpj played with the bench a little bit more um and so i'm curious if we can outplay them because I, th- I think that would have a really big impact on the series. I just never want to see Millsap dribble again, and I'm good. Mm. Like, just push people around, get rebounds, you know, throw up a layup, and just never dribble down the court ever again because it is a train wreck. And it's just, it's like a slow motion car wreck because every time I'm like, no, 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 no. It is unbelievable. But it'll be interesting to kind of see how much, you know, how much run he gets. I feel like Jermichael Green clearly 
uh, earned a lot of minutes in that game six closeout. If he can find his three ball, that's so powerful for the Nuggets and just their spacing. It's probably not a JaVale McGee series. I don't see really why uh, well, he'll get any run. So I don't know. It's the core guys. So I, I, I think question. it all does boil down to if Jokic gets uh, DeAndre Aiden into foul trouble, then it's you, it's over. It's game do over. Do you have any stats on Aiden? You know, you clearly know your stats where I was completely wrong with Nurkic and Cantor. And is he like a big upgrade compared to those guys? More of the same, like all show and no go. I mean, the matchup stats were—they're a little bit better, um, but those matchups were like so long ago, and it was with Jamal Murray in the lineup. So I feel like it's a little hard. Where the Portland stats are at least were a little bit more recent, but he does match up a little bit better. Um, however. I think on the offensive end, he poses I, – I could see it being a little bit easier for Jokic uh, when he's defending Aiton than Nurkic because Nurkic was out there setting so many picks. And like we were talking about, Jokic was having to jump around all over the uh, the perimeter. Uh, he'll have to do that again, I would think, against the Suns, but he might not be able to have to come out quite as far. So maybe he won't be have to run around quite as much, so maybe he'll have a little bit more energy. But – I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Do they go the Portland route and say, okay, we're not going to double Jokic? Um, or are we going to, you know, sporadically double him or do whatever? But clearly there's no easy answer. So I'm hopeful it's a best guy in the series type of series, and we got the best guy. So go Nuggets and probably probably a seven-game series. I'm assuming this one goes to the wire, but I don't know. What, right. What's everyone else's predictions? Are we doing uh, predictions yet, Mike? I, I, I'm pulling six games. I, I think Ooh, we're going to... At home. Yeah. Ooh, That's probably the right home. call. Uh, I like it, Mike. Nugs and six. Come in. Yeah. I'm also on with this sweep. I think the Nugs might sweep them, but we always lose game one. I'll go Nugs and five. <laughs> wow. So you are the exact opposite of how you're feeling going into the play- Trailblazers. Yep. Series. Interesting. I thought the Nuggets would win the Trailblazer series. I was just, I was very nervous. You just wanted the match. You just wanted Luca. Yeah, exactly. Well, Luca, I did not want, but the rest of the team, I did. I still think we would match up very well against the Mavs, um, but apparently we matched up well against Portland too. <laughs> See, so I just say because I missed it in the I, first I, segment. Sorry, go ahead. Steve. No, no, no. Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. Uh, I just, I mean, I missed in the first segment on how great it was to hate Melo and Nurkic through that entire series, and it was so much because Melo obviously just destroyed us that first game, and then was just nothing but an arrogant ghost the rest of the series, which was yeah. just awesome to see him put his little three things on his head while he scored like nine points and was mystery irrelevant so him and the Nurkic like talking shit to Portland after they lose the series being like I'm not gonna stay if things don't change which is as I think Sieber said like uh it's not or uh I'm gonna break up with you before you break up with me so <laughs> sorry Sieber go ahead pick the number of games for Phoenix well I'm gonna go with six but do you guys really still hold like a lot of ill will to Carmelo Anthony that was like a decade ago I didn't. I actually still liked him coming in until this series. And now, like, I absolutely mm. love to hate him. You know, like, okay. he, I actually thought, treated the Nuggets better than Chris Bosh left as a free agent. Right? Like, 
we had Antonio McDice or Mutombo. Like all these guys from the past, when you leave as a free agent, you get nothing for them, right? Like, yes, the assets we got ended up not being that great, but we got a lot of assets. We basically depleted the Knicks. Um, so both teams were not good. So I think we won that trade. I we ended we up getting Jamal Murray. I was going to say that. Jamal Murray was and the biggest. Danilo Gallinari out of it. And I like, we, remember getting the, the last yeah. pick that we got out of that trade was Jamal Murray. So we ended up winning that one, I think. But no, I, I, it, there's a lot of booing that goes with him every time he's on the floor uh, at a Nuggets game. And I know you he's know been what? absolutely atrocious we like coming back to every Denver. Every player that we play against. Like every single person, we should pick on three guys who are clearly like emotionally sensitive and just boo them into the air balls. All right. All right. That was harsh, but uh, all right. Well, um, I think we're all feeling positive, but we're also realistic, except for Andrew about the the Suns series. Uh, it's going to be tough against uh, Booker, Aiton, and uh, Chris Paul. Uh, obviously, they've got a good team. Uh, Nuggets played well against them. Uh, I think we're all excited. Uh, we're all feeling good. It's going to be a capacity crowd uh, when it gets back to Denver for Game 3, so that'll be fun. But, um, yeah, go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. All right, this is, this is the Hard Pick Mining Company with your Denver 5. Drax, there were not nearly as much interruptions without you. I was the only jerk again. Enjoy those crab legs. Isn't that what he sent a picture of? Uh, it looked like it. Yeah, right? And he's up in gambling right now. By the way, to my gambling, because I got like drunk Saturday night and just lost it and bet everything on the Nuggets um, game five game, my bank account has never been higher. Like I, <laughs> I had like 250 left in the bank and I just kept going all in. I have over 1100 bucks now. So <laughs> it's great. Like went for all sorts of random shit and they've just all hidden game five and six.